What's up, friends? Welcome to Peloton. We always work this hard because we are Peloton, and together we go far. Remember, you are not alone. I'm right there with you. Progress, not perfection. You've done the hardest part. This is Peloton. Hey, y'all. I am Tunde Oyenane, and welcome to Fitness Flipped, a Peloton Studios original. Fitness Flip is the show about flipping the script on all the things we think we know about fitness. Our theme this week is body image and how we transform a relationship to our body, not only through fitness, but also through the stories that we tell ourselves about our bodies. Earlier this week, we had the chance to speak with a medical anthropologist, Professor Nancy Chen, who I loved, and musician and producer extraordinaire Mustard. We talked about how body ideals and images are actually formed, how powerful they are, and what it means to be in the thick of a transformation. Transformation, not like the before and after picture thing, but transformation as it relates to our relationship with our bodies and our body image, the image that we hold of our body. This conversation is always important, but I think it's especially important in the pandemic. COVID hasn't been helpful for our body image and the way that we see ourselves. Studies actually show that the pandemic has negatively affected how attractive people feel about themselves. So this show is called Fitness Flipped. We flip stuff. What if we didn't just flip the conversation around body image? What if we rewrote it entirely. Both Professor Chen and one of my favorite experts on this show, the sociologist Tressie McMillan-Cottom, talked about how we can rewrite our stories of ourselves and our bodies. One of the ways that we do this is through fitness. The beauty of Peloton is that we can do this both as a community and privately and all at the same exact time. You get to engage with your body in your own space, in your own time, and then move through any preconceived notion about what you might feel your body is able to do. And if you're trying to piece together where this is going, stay tuned for today's episode. Today's member is Katie Delaney. She's a comedy writer based in L.A., If there are any Rick and Morty fans out there, then you know that this woman is hilarious. Katie has thought deeply about the story of her body and how she's rewriting it every single day. Here's Katie. I think I became somewhat aware that I had a body pretty young because... People comment on people's bodies even when they're children. I was pretty thin as a kid. I guess I just wasn't super interested in eating very much. It just wasn't a hobby of mine, which it did become later in life. But uh, I, I remember being at dinner with like my parents and some of their friends and I like had a few bites of my meal and and pushed it away and and like one of my dad's friends made a joke about like you should probably, you know, finish eating your meal if you want to stop sleeping in a pencil box. And, like, everyone laughed that it was a joke about me being thin. <laughs> and uh, and there were a lot of comments just about how I was, like, very small. 
<laughs> very thin little kid. And, and I, yeah, like that makes you aware of like, well, yes, yeah, so am I different? Like what's going on here? Knowing that about myself and then going through puberty and gaining a whole lot of weight and then being a pretty overweight person for most of my adult life, like I will never stop comparing it to my child body, which is so messed up. Like viewing my younger body as as something to envy when it's like I was a child who like didn't really understand that I should eat. That's not really a good thing. But um, knowing that I, I sort of was born... Um, I mean, I gotta st- I have to stop myself from saying it. Like, it's so fucked up. It's so fat phobic. But like feeling like I was born naturally thin and then I did something to fuck that up um, is, is really messed up. Yeah, so I've always been like pretty frightened of exercise and it kind of goes back to growing up. Maybe from the ages of like six or seven to 13, 14, I used to have seizures Uh, fairly often. I never got an official diagnosis, but they're pretty sure it was hypoglycemia, which is low blood sugar. And so if I didn't eat in the morning, didn't have breakfast, I often would have a seizure. I would pass out and have a seizure. So I think I grew up feeling like kind of a weakling. And then that absolutely transferred into adulthood. And I've always felt like um, I'm just not the endurance type, uh, not very good at sports, all all that kind of thing. As I got older and, you know, just into adulthood, thought maybe I should try exercising. Anytime that I tried and I felt the smallest amount of, like, fatigue or dizziness or, you know, quickened heart rate, I was like, oh, shit. Like, I really thought I was about to have a seizure. Like, my mind just went there. I went into panic mode because it's a similar sensation uh, to right before you have a seizure. So anytime that I felt my body like under duress, I was like, this must stop. I have to stop right now. So I never really got into exercising and particularly with like going to a gym and being around other people, I had a lot of fear about like, what if I'm exercising at the gym and I pass out and have a seizure, whatever, that'll be so embarrassing. No one's going to know what to do. So I just avoided it altogether. And then I think the thing that really sort of uh, got me enthused about getting a Peloton was that I was in control of the environment there and having control of the environment and no one to answer to in that way uh, was really like probably the main reason I, I did the Peloton. And that really helped going forward. Like I was able to get rid of that fear because I knew that I was in total control. And if I, you know, I didn't have to um, prove that I was, like, going hard enough uh, for other people. Like, it's not like in a spin class where you see everyone pedaling two times as fast as you and you're like, oh, fuck, I got to keep up. Like, it's just like you do what's right for you on that day. And I'm really grateful for it because then I learned that I am a lot stronger than I thought I was. And, like, I, I really surprised myself with my endurance. At the gym, I mean, this is such a common thing. I feel like everyone understands this. Like when you're a beginner at the gym, it feels like everyone that surrounds you at the gym is is so much further along in their fitness journey or whatever it is than you are. And I think for me, it was a combination of my weight. Like I've always been, in, in my adulthood, I've been like a fairly overweight person for most of it. So it's a 
fear of judgment from other people in the gym for sure. And then on top of it, my concerns about uh, my health and if uh, I didn't have what it took to be on a stationary bike for five minutes and then, you know, someone sees this overweight chick who can't last five minutes on a stationary bike and like has to get up and leave. That just seems like the worst thing in the world to me. And it's a shame because like gyms shouldn't be like that. I should have never uh, felt that. And and it's not really reality. It's all coming from my insecurities. And like no one ever came up to me at the gym and said like, you don't belong here. What? Like no one cares. No one's actually, I think, looking as often as, as we assume they are. But uh, yeah, the gym is a place where your insecurities go to really party. <laughs> I am trying as much as I can to get away from this, you know, idea that being thin is better for you. And I, I do believe that uh, people are healthy at every size. And at the same time, though, um, I do live in society <laughs> and as does everyone else. And we still live in a fat phobic society. And I wanted to lose weight because my main goal has been to not think about my weight 24-7. And it's something that I was doing for most of my adult life. Anytime I put on an outfit, left the house, I was thinking about being overweight and thinking about how people perceived me because I was overweight. And my one wish for my life is that I could lose enough weight to just not think about it all the time. And then I sort of have learned through losing 50 pounds this year that that actually doesn't really happen. I'm still thinking about it all the time. I'm happy that I lost the weight, but I kind of thought it would fix everything, and it certainly hasn't. So what I'm sort of now actively trying to do is is switch my priorities over from weight loss to just, yeah, doing this to be healthy. And it just has to be about enjoying being on the bike and and doing it f- for my health. I'm, st- I'm really still in the middle of all of that, and... Uh, I think it's like a a lifelong process. Like, I don't think anyone, or at least I don't know anyone who feels 100% good about their body all the time. Like, I just don't think that exists. And I thought that I could get there, but yeah, I don't don't think it's possible. (laughs) When I have been out in the world, which isn't very much (laughs) yet, uh, since I lost some weight, I just, I did start to feel a little more carefree about interacting with people. I think I, I've i always been concerned that my weight sort of preceded anything else about me because obviously the first thing you see about someone is their physical body. <laughs> so like in my work and just socially and stuff, I think unfortunately, again, like we live in a, in a fat phobic society where overweight people can be seen as lazy or, you know, that they're priorities aren't in the right place or that they're not disciplined. There's like a lot of stuff that people take just from the way that you look, unfortunately. And I like also I live in Los Angeles, so <laughs> there's that too. You know, I, I go on a lot of meetings for my work and that's how you get writing work is you meet with people from various networks and production companies and stuff. And and I'm not putting this on any of that. I don't know if any of this is true, but but my concern was that, that the way that I look somehow said something about 
how good I am at my job, which is writing. Which, think about, like, that's insane. <laughs> it, they have nothing to do with each other. But I think I worried that as an overweight person that I would be perceived as not very disciplined in writing or not understanding people in the way that I should. Like, it's crazy stuff. And I, and I don't put that on anyone based on their body that I know. But for some reason, I, like, don't give myself the same... Like, I, I really worried that people judge me in that way. And I don't, I don't really know if that's true or not, but that has started to fall away where... I just think I'm in a more socially acceptable body now, and that's sort of the good thing that's coming from it, is that I don't worry that other people are judging me based on my body as much. But, I mean, the fucked up thing is, like, like no one should be judged for the body that they're in, so it's this tough thing of I'm acquiescing to society's standards because it's what I have felt that I have to do, and so I'm not really helping to change the the corrupt system i'm acquiescing to it so uh, yeah it's it's really it's fraught with a lot of stuff it's really complicated i'm physically in shape now in addition to weighing less which is really the better the more important thing like i started going on what i thought was a very hard hike uh that my friends go on fairly often is uh, in Griffith Park, you hike up to the observatory. And I've always in in the past figured out a way to not go on that hike. I've been like, oh, I'm like busy. You know, like I always come up with an excuse because I was worried that I would feel dizzy and pass out and ruin the whole day. And finally, maybe like a couple months ago, I was like, I'm ready. Let's try that hike. And then I like breezed right up to the top. It was not a difficult hike at all. And now I have the confidence to go try stuff like that. I really, like, I viewed fitness as, like, a thing you had or didn't have, not something that was on a scale. And I I really viewed it as this, like, life-or-death thing that, like, if I couldn't complete a hike and I had to turn around and go back down, that my life would be over or something. <laughs> like, even now, being, like, fairly in shape, I'm sure there are some hikes that I would have to turn around and, and go back down, but it doesn't matter. Like, you still have exercised. You still gave it a shot, and it's fine. Like, you did as much of the hike as you wanted to. I don't know. Just, the, like, yeah, my mentality around that stuff has totally changed, and I allow myself to just, like, try things uh, more than I did before. I always had this fear, like, I was going to die <laughs> if I tried this thing that I maybe wasn't sure I could complete. And it's just such a uh, binary way of looking at the world. It's really sad, honestly. I think now I just understand that there's such a spectrum of like weakness and strength. And I wouldn't go as far as to call myself an athlete, but but that's how I used to view being in shape and exercising is like, if you're a person who exercises, you're like super jacked or like <laughs> mad toned and you go on like 5K runs every morning and stuff. And it's like, no, there's a lot of different ways that one can be in shape. And it's, you know, I'm 33 years old and I'm just sort of starting to learn that now. So it's really interesting. <laughs> if the story of my body was a movie, I think... Sadly, even though I consider myself to be a comedy writer, 
I think the story of my body and my body image is a drama, big time. Like, it's the most dramatic part of my life. The way I look at my body, it's on my mind every day. I think about it every day. And for most of my adult life, it has not been in a good way. I would love to rewrite the movie of the story of my body image. Uh, I think it should be uh, an uplifting, let's say that I hope that it will be the We Bought a Zoo of body image movies. (laughs) I've never even seen We Bought a Zoo, but that seems like the type of movie where it's like, (laughs) like I think it has like a really sweeping score and like, Everyone's generally pretty happy. You know, like, they face adversity. Like, there must be a part in the movie where they don't think they're going to get the zoo. But then, but then they do. They did buy the zoo. They wanted to buy a zoo, and they did it, and then they were happy with the zoo at the end. Like, that's, yes, that is cinema. That's what I want. I want to buy a zoo. (laughs) Girl, you better buy that zoo. Get that zoo. Live happily. And I hope I receive an invitation. Thank you so much, Katie, for your vulnerability and your thoughtfulness. Bodies are hard and living in them and learning to live comfortably in them, much less loving them, can be so damn hard. So, so hard. I'm so glad that you're on that journey. I'm so glad that you're doing so many things. And I'm so glad that you're building that confidence. Let's wrap it up. Here's your weekly challenge. Look for an opportunity this week to lean into something that you would have typically said no to. You find yourself saying no to something because you think that it's not who you are. This week, lean into it. Find yourself saying yes. Katie started going on those hikes. What are you gonna do? I asked myself the same question. What am I gonna do? Once you do it, I want to know exactly how good you felt about it after. Talk to us about it because we want to know. Find me at Tune to Tune Day and at One Peloton, hashtag Fitness Flip. Friends, this is a great day. Go out and be great. Fitness Flip is a production of Peloton Studios. It is produced by Amy S. Choi and Rebecca Lehrer of the Mashup Americans. Our senior producer is Sarah Pellegrini. Our development producer is Alana Levinson. And our production manager is Shelby Sandlin. Fitness Flip is sound designed by Pedro Rafael Rosado. Original music composed by Jen Kwok and Jody Shelton. Special thanks to Jen Cotter, Jamie Herbert, Laura Petro, Amanda Hill, Danielle Mills, Tony Calandra, DJ John Michael, and Alexis Duncan.